Hello, well, well, well. Welcome back, you guys, to another edition of Pop Apologists. This episode is a little bit different. Lauren is finding herself on the open seas. Uh, she's currently on a boat somewhere off Greece, I think. I'm not sure. I should have asked more questions before she set off, um, but I didn't, and I'm a bad sister. I, th- I think I sent her an I love you text. Um, I'm not sure. But anyways, today is a very special day because I'm hosting and I'm joined by my dearest, dear friend, truly. We, we met a mere you know month ago, but it feels like it's been a lifetime. Joe Peacock, welcome to the podcast. I'm so tickled to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, you are truly one of the funniest people I've ever met. And I, I thought I'd met a lot of funny people in my life. You know, people say, oh, this is my, you know, Ben set, a, uh, set us up, really. Ben is our mutual friend. And he said, you have to meet my friend Joe. He's hilarious. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I'm sure he's funny. You know, people are funny. No, not true. Joe, you are absolutely hilarious. Definitely funnier than me, which is something I don't say very often, um, but I will say that in full confidence. So I'm very excited for you to be on the pod today. Lols. Well, okay. Well, you mentioned humor and that's funny because we met on a trip to Nantucket and Mm -hmm. my friend is Ben and he said you were coming. So I stalked you on Instagram before and (laughs) humor is not something I imagined you possessing and I don't know. It has been a very boring summer for me. So I think I wanted a little bit of drama. You know, I'm going on a week long trip and I just, just, like, I expected us to not clash, but me to just be annoyed and bugged by you during the week and just kind of like be able to come back home and tell my friends, like, oh, I was on Nantucket and this girl would just not stop doing X. I don't know what you're going to do that's going to annoy me, but I thought you would. And um, we got on the bus and just started chatting. You're amazing. You're so funny. I you love that you were, you were fully you were fully prepared to come into that trip hating me. I appreciate that energy. <laughs> and honestly, I was prepared to hate you as well. Not really, not hate, but I, I didn't know what to think of these friends and I felt like I was going to be a fish out of water. And then I just yeah. fell absolutely in love with all of them, especially you. Um, and I said to Ben like multiple times throughout the trip, I was like, I just love Joe. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, it's, it's really crazy how our, our stars collided and we, we turned out to be the best of friends instead of mortal enemies. So true. So thankful. And yeah, do it's you, crazy. It's only been um, three weeks. Did you have any other hijinks or pranks planned on to do to me in, on Nantucket? You told me about one, but yeah, I'm just curious if you had any others. the one, which is wild because I'm a huge parent trap fan. So you would think that I would right. be doing, but I'm too lazy to pull off any of the <laughs> pranks that Lindsay Lohan and her twin pulled off. <laughs> oh, and, and honestly, like knowing that house, like if you had poured maple syrup on those floors to try and you know, make me take a tumble, like it would not have ended well. That Airbnb oh, no. host would not have taken it. <laughs> the house would have come crashing down. I'm sure it was pre-war. Who knows what would right. have happened. No, I, th- I think we thought it was pre-war, but it like we were when we got there, we were like, when was this house built? Like 1870 or 1780, maybe? Right. And then so it was, was like, like 1982. Built- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, pre-golf. This is a log cabin. <laughs> pre-golf war. Yeah, right, right. That's the that's the word you're you're referring to. Okay, um, that's right. Okay, so the reason why Joe is on the podcast today is, and the reason why we fell in love um, on Nantucket was because he knows all things there is to know about pop culture, and it, it was just immediately, you know, we're in sync about caring about the most important things in in life, which you know is Taylor Swift, celebrity gossip, Taylor Swift, you know. Um, so today's episode, we're going to actually do a full 
Taylor Swift deep dive discography. Um, I think that true Swifties can never get enough of her. And she really is evergreen. Like I know that her next batch of songs is set to come out maybe next month or the month after. Yes. Um, recording of red November 19th stream and support. So we've got some time (laughs) on anywhere you find your, your music. Um, but Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift content is evergreen. So we're going to do a full discography deep dive, like I said, and we're going to go through every album that she has, talk about our favorites, talk about the, the songs we could leave behind. Um, and, you know, just all things Taylor. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. Yeah. Um, Joe, can we talk about what we did to prepare really quickly for this episode? Definitely. Um, well, I think we, we went through each album and we, album. we said okay, which songs could we not live without? And Mm -hmm. which songs are we, I don't know, dare I say it, embarrassed for her or think we can remove from history? I would love to um, have some erasure. Can I use that that phrase here? I think it's pretty fine because I think we both love Taylor Swift, but we don't love her Mm -hmm. so much that we're blind to her mistakes. Because one of the things to love about her is that she is an an embarrassing human in in a great way. That's what makes her relatable. Yes, in a great way. She's like not perfect. And and not even like how do I say this? She's not someone who I always want to emulate. Like I don't think she's a cool girl. And no. like I think Dua Lipa, cool girl. I would love to have her cool edgy energy. Taylor Swift does not have that. She has a little bit more cringe to yes. her, which oh, which I kind of yeah. love her for. Some of my favorite um, Taylor yeah. moments are cringe moments, like the hat she Definitely. wore in the folklore long pond <laughs> sessions. okay so let's talk about that because i texted you today and i said okay i i have to like move out of this apartment that i've been subletting i'm i'm just gonna you know hunker down i'm gonna watch miss americana and i'm gonna watch the long pond sessions to just prepare and really you know get in in the mood um the outfits in and lauren and i actually talked about long pond a little bit but i think we could all use a refresher about just how bad the outfits are all of them in long pond I yeah, don't get it. I think it was filmed at the height of COVID. So, pres- well, she's not doing her own wardrobe because Stella McCartney no. still dresses her. Yeah, she has a whole team that's working remote. But Rent yeah, the Runway yeah. is still, like, working and going. <laughs> I've certainly got all my packages. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and then the whole hair aesthetic. I don't, she's had some interesting eras. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. I When watching Miss Americana, they flashed back to her hair during Reputation Tour. Mm-hmm. And it when, when it was when it was the uh, Ash Blonde Bob. Oh, right, Ugh. right, right, right. Like that was so right before bad. in between um, eighty nine and Reputation. That's when she yes. met Joe Alwyn, um, famously mm-hmm. at the Met Gala. Yeah, right, right. And honestly, that's how you know their love is real because she was truly at one of her worst looks. As was um, he, and, he had and, a buzz cut. That's true. Which You're only right. Brad You're Pitt right. and Mister Mrs. Smith looks good in a, a buzz oh, cut. Oh my! And gosh, I have a buzz cut was- right now. And you can honestly pull it off. You and Brad Pitt, the only men I know. You're kind, but no. It's, yeah, I mean, I, mine was um, logistically, I, I had to for reasons. Did you do it for your race? Um, <laughs> yeah, so I could run faster. No, I dyed my hair blonde. <laughs> this is right how little I, I know about running. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I dyed my hair blonde right before I met you. And it was fun for like two right? weeks, but I was like, I had nothing to wear. I bought all my hair that matches my normal right. color. So 
I had them right. buzz it, but they had a they had to buzz it to a really short length to get it back to its normal color. Well, you know, we've all been there, Brittany. <laughs> you know, are you sure you weren't you're gonna have to do a drug test? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, sorry, that actually feels like kind of a dark joke nowadays. I'm gonna take that back. Um, I'm sorry you, you to Brittany Stans. I do. I do edit. I'm not going to edit that out because I want to, I'm going to, you know, be really uh, transparent about the mistakes I made, but that was a dark joke. And so I'm sorry. Um, We own our mistakes. Sorry. Can we go on a little Britney tangent just because this is, this is just two friends hanging out. I was recently thinking about the song Lucky. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And listening to the song Lucky through a 2021 Britney lens is actually so sad. True. I, I recently played it on a road trip out here and right. i'm trying to rem- yeah remember what super i mean it's it. she's talking about like how um she's talking about how she's so lucky she's a star but she cry cry cries in her lonely heart oh my gosh you're so right and it's like if there's nothing missing in my life why do these tears come at night mm-hmm. and i'm like she's a pri- she, i mean that song was a cry for help back then and we thought it was just you know oh boohoo you're a celebrity you're really rich you know but you're sad no it was literally i mean I don't know if she was under the conservatorship. I don't think she was when she wrote that song. It was like, you know, early Britney days, right. but still. Yeah, yeah she was. It, yeah. it was foreshadowing. It was a, you know, a she was re- waving a flag and we all missed it. So that's on us. <laughs> that song is <laughs> underrated. I will say that. And I hope, oh, she, I hope that so song good. still brings her warmth because it was probably a song when she was presumably had more power. And But yes, mm-hmm. it, it definitely mm-hmm. foreshadowed uh, something really sad. Yeah. Right, right. Um, okay. Well, anyways, we we're here to talk about Taylor, so let's get into it. Um, oh, I guess actually, Joe, I did tell you that I wanted the audience to kind of warm up to you and to get to know you. So before we talk about Taylor, everybody, I want Joe to sort of tell you about some of his top pop culture moments from, you know, his adolescence, his upbringing, his sexual awakening, like whatever it may be, um, just so that you can get to know the Joe that I love. Okay. So Joe. Well, and that was away. a perfect segue because I've, pop culture is something that's very important to me. And I feel like the first milestone of that was Britney Spears. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, we didn't have a ton of money growing up. And one day my sister came home from Walmart with my grandma with the Baby One okay. More Time album. And I had two questions. <laughs> one was, what is Walmart? And two, what is this? <laughs> I had never been to Walmart. So this idea that you could like go and like go to a grocery store that also had this giant entertainment section. Oh my with gosh. Rollback prices. Right. And rollback hearing... prices. <laughs> <laughs> the smiley face. Like I mm-hmm. loved going to Walmart after after that. But this is but pop culture wise, yeah, Britney Spears was everything in a way. Not that I was I don't know. I did it, it was mainly as a child and um, just hearing baby one more time and you drive me crazy. Like she just seemed so powerful right. and the pop music was just like indelible. I loved it. And it was um, so good. It was so good. And we used to like mark our calendars, like, okay, I think it was something like August 8th is the Teen Choice Awards and that's on Fox. Mm-hmm. So we get that channel, unlike the VMAs. And so we would watch it and record it. And that's the, the award show that teen people used to put on on Fox Network right. and they would hand out surfboards and um, anyway, she was slated to perform and she came out. Well, she didn't come out. The, the stage went dark. And there's obviously right. a ton of backup dancers, a fog machine, and a male announcer <gasps> saying, like, Brittany, are you ready for your mission? Three, oh two, one. And she comes out and chant, she has cut her hair shoulder length. Oh my gosh. The rest mm-hmm. of America may have already known that. 
as an eight-year-old, this was news to me. And just right, seeing her right. move on presumably live television with the new haircut, it made her seem so much more real than all these like polished music videos I'd seen right. hadn't. And mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I was upset. I was like, wow, stars really are just like us. Like I just- also just got my haircut. <laughs> I also just went to the local Walmart, got my haircut, checked out those rollback prices. <laughs> um, that's Joe. That's a watershed moment. That's that's a huge moment where you see the, you know this person you idolize up on screen and and moving and dancing and like also I think there's something really interesting about seeing celebrities at award shows where it's like feels live where it's yeah. not like this. It is manicured in some ways, but it's also like this is happening in real time. Um, well, let's get. We'll get back to this like notion I'm talking about when I we talk about Taylor Swift and Kanye West at the VMAs, because you know you see like you see them having normal human reactions or whatever, and it's it's fascinating. Okay, Joe, tell me about another moment. I you already gave me a little bit of a sneak peek, so I'm kind of dying for the. Um, oh, I'm the worst. I thought you are. I I thought you put on the outline the kiss, the Rachel McAdams, Ryan Gosling kiss on here. No, but to that end, um, with award shows, like yeah. that is an iconic video of Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling. <sighs> they're both nominated for uh, The Notebook, and they're nominated mm-hmm. for Best Movie Kiss. And at this point, they're now dating. And this right. is the summer The Notebook came out. And I go back and watch this YouTube video when I feel just a little bit down. Right, right. And As they win I. for be- – yeah, they win for Best Kiss. And on stage – before accepting it, they like kind of are like flirtatious with each other, looking at each other and like, should we do this? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's Rachel do McAdams backs up and then mm-hmm. does a full mm-hmm. run to Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. He picks her up and they make it. I think they basically like do that in Crazy Stupid Love too. But Literally, yeah. yeah. It is – it's the perfect run and jump. Um, I feel like we see a lot of on-screen kisses nowadays. You know, I'm pretty much desensitized completely. Um, I see a lot of – I watch Love Island. I see a lot of butt and boob. Um, but there's something about that kiss and the burning passion that you can see as they approach the stage, as they make eye contact that, that honestly like does something for me that a lot of other on-screen kisses don't do, frankly. I completely agree. It's thrilling because I feel like in like the forties or something, the kiss was like the ultimate part in a movie. And now like, right. It's nothing, but that kiss is still everything. Right. At the risk Mm -hmm. of sounding like my parents, Mm-hmm. Um, we've really cheapened the kiss, you know, in a lot <laughs> of our films. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that video, you see the reaction of Hillary and Haley Duff. They're looking at each other like, what? And then Lindsay Lohan's like, what? And it's just everyone, I think, wishes they were the other person up there, like ha- I mean, having that kind of relationship. I don't think, I mean, you mentioned Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but I don't think, like, there's been another on-screen, um, like, ro- romantic relationship that's done as much as The Notebook has done in a really long time. Like I completely Brad, agree. Brad and Angelina, and then I think them too, and maybe a few others. Yeah. Maybe. No, definitely. Um, so good. It's, it's so good. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. Give me another pop culture moment that you a watershed moment. Um. One was Reese Witherspoon, who like couldn't love her more, and this was after mm-hmm. she had certified her spot on the A list or with 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 on the A list with Legally Blonde. She had done Sweet Home Alabama, right. won the Oscar for Walk the Line. So like. Our family could not love her more. And then we find out mm-hmm. that her and Ryan Phillippe uh, have split up. And that, I mean, I had just seen her on The View talk about how she was raising her kids with Ryan Phillippe. And it, 
I don't know, I was probably like 12 or 13. And so yeah. I was already obsessed with watching Reese Witherspoon movies, but now you're just like are kind of start to think and open up to this part of her life that you don't see, but you like are hearing about. And it's kind of in a gross way. You just like want to hear more and you're concerned totally. for her. And I don't know. That whole breakup really did a number on me. I mean, we had a desktop computer and you know those mm-hmm. screensavers you could like write happy birthday mom or, or whatnot. <laughs> yes. Yes. I wrote like, um, if Reese and Ryan can't make it, no one can. And like, it was <laughs> <laughs> our house was in mourning. Which is funny because I, now I'm like very – oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you go, you go. Oh, I mean now like I couldn't be happier. I think she really dodged a bullet. Um, it, it, I mean I'm still wildly obsessed with them. Like what keeps me up at night is when Deacon is obviously with Ryan for the weekend because they're posting on Instagram mm-hmm. like that they went to Detroit or like the right. Outer Banks. And I'm like probably like Reese. I'm like, oh, Lord, get him home because this man is not taking care of him. Absolutely. He's Disneyland dad. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know a lot about um, Ryan Phillippe other than that he's really hot. He's mega hot. But do we know – did he cheat on her? Okay. Yes. He cheated on her. I mean I don't – you know, I wasn't there. But yeah. Sure. He cheated on her with his stock so, loss This whole postcard. podcast is speculation. That's, oh, that's a caveat yeah. that just stands. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to like have to lawyer up. But um, <laughs> yes. He was shooting a movie called Stop Loss, circa 2006, and he cheated okay. on her with his co-star, Abby Cornish. They dated for a year or two after, but um, no longer Ugh. are together. Yeah. And good luck working right, in Hollywood right. now with, you know, Reese Witherspoon running right. it. Um, yeah. Honestly, well, one thing we good do luck know- getting a line like Draper James anywhere, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, sorry, you're probably not going to be on Big Little Lies season three. Um, right. <laughs> but Chant, one thing we do know about Ryan Phillippe, and this is really peculiar, is- Ryan and Reese yeah. are both on Instagram, as are their two beautiful look-alike children, uh, Ava and mm-hmm. Deacon. And yeah. um, the whole family, including the ex-husband, follow Reese Witherspoon. And okay. Okay. so everyone's following Ryan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's following Ryan back? None of them. <laughs> Which I find Wait, bonkers. So R- Ryan Phillippe follows, all, r- follows Reese, follows everybody. But none of the kids or anyone follows Ryan Phillippe. This Back. was true as of two months ago, and I'm just gonna like make sure that's still true. But yeah, is I, sure, I I I want to know why this is the case, that's and I love amazing. yeah, it's, and that's I can like, see why Ava, the daughter, wouldn't want to follow him because he okay. The first photo yeah. I see right now is a fucking thirst trap. He's literally sweating <laughs> in his swim Ew. trunks, and it's kind of like mm, I forget. I mean, it's a it's an odd crotch shot too. He's covered in okay. swim trunks, but it's bizarre. And the caption is dot, dot, just two dots. I forgot what I was going to say. So as a daughter, uh, I probably wouldn't want to follow that. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm literally looking at this right now. Ugh. He's like – the problem is he's a really, really hot guy. So I don't blame Reese for falling in love with him. No. And, and everything. But, like, he's the type of guy where – you actually maybe you start to get to know him or build a life with him and you're like, oh, this guy is like not all he's cracked up to be, but he's really hot. I mean, and he's still like a really attractive guy, but wow. Uh, 100%. I mean, if my, and by the way, I just confirmed that they're not following him. This, oh, yeah. That's cool. Well, I mean, okay, if my that dad was posting is... that, I'd be real nice. Right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, but like, I'm just looking at all these mirror selfies. Like, yeah. if my dad's Instagram, and I'm a teen, okay, at this point, I mean, they're full-blown teens. If my dad is nothing she's but selfies, mm-hmm. like, gross. 
I know, and shirtless ones. Uh, not to slut shame him. Um, sure. But yeah, there's also but an amazing yeah I shot mean, of yeah. It's weird. We're like on this podcast. We're a fan of men who have really restrained Instagrams, or at least straight men. Uh, so we like a straight <laughs> man with a restrained Instagram. We like. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Brad Falchuk. Yes. Yes. So Brad Falchuk is kind of like the pinnacle of a, of a straight white man. Um, on this podcast, he's really restrained on Instagram. And he, if he posts, he'll post something that's, you know, just kind of like normal. Or he'll post a, a really lovely photo of Gwyneth Paltrow that feels very effortless and natural. And then he'll write a really lovely caption. Um, I actually yesterday told Ben that he could post any photo he'd like of me. And he's welcome to just copy paste a Brad Falchuk <laughs> caption, switch out the names. And it's totally fine, and it's all good, and I would love it more than anything. Okay, so I'm on Brad's page now, and I completely agree with yeah. you. It's so restrained in a lovely way. But let's see if that theory holds up. I'm just gonna pick up a random photo, yeah, and yeah. we'll find, see if we find can find a great yeah. photo of Gwyneth. Yeah. So he's with someone. Uh, I think he's with Jessica Seinfeld about one of her cookbooks, probably. Okay. Um, so could Ben post this about you? The caption is, "This amazing woman is saving the world one dad at a time." Well, no, because it's not. It's got to be a caption about oh, of Gwyneth. Gwyneth. Oh, of I'm Gwyneth. not. I'm not interested in a caption about any other like low, second-rate woman. Okay, I found a Gwyneth um, one. Yeah, one yeah. from my quote, "My girl getting ready" series. Hashtag legs for days. Wow, he really could. This is amazing. That's, and that's yeah. amazing, right? And, and you know, Chant the great, but it's, it's sexy. Trained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. so tell me you support women without telling me you support women. That's Brad's. Yes, point. tell me you believe women without telling me you believe women. <laughs> Well, and the great thing is, like, Brad Falchuk has an amazing body. I don't know that from his Instagram. I know it from People mm-hmm. Magazine. And that's the way it should right. be. Yeah. Like, leave something to the imagination, as my grandma used mm-hmm. to say about mm-hmm. our prom dresses. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> don't um, don't cheapen your, your body with a selfie, okay? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler. Um, so, okay. Speaking of men showing restraint, I think it's time now to pivot back to Taylor Swift. Okay. And I'm – and Joe Allen, who I'm getting at, and and their extremely private relationship that you know is nodded to in her like most recent three albums. So, or I guess four. Okay, okay, okay. I, okay. Okay. I know we're gonna have a lot of Taylor Swift fans. So, did you say it's not yeah. alluded to in the previous albums? No, it is. It is. Oh, it, it is. is. Okay, okay, good, in, good, like, good. Well, reputation, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay, but before we get to Joe, before we get to her her prize, she had to go through a lot of. Um, she had to kiss a lot of frogs. As she had to kiss a lot say. of frogs. Yeah, and I think she had a dream of kissing a lot of frogs, which I think is what her yes. 2006 self-titled album is about. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. a lot of these were real experiences. Some of them were, but like, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these feel like daydreams of a girl who's in uh, Algebra One A, um, in the best way, and that's why I really related to it because I took Algebra One A and then Algebra One B, <laughs> so I had to take Algebra over two years. Um, I would say yeah, was, daydreams of a girl. In Algebra 1, who, like, also has signed a writing deal with, like, Nashville RCA. And, like, <laughs> right, has to put right, out a few right, tracks. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're going to need those 16 tracks. Won't give a shit about your homework. Um... <laughs> that, but, Chan, you bring up a great question. Like, I would love to see Taylor Swift take a math test. And that, I'm right. not, like, yeah, like, I'm just curious. Yeah. Let's make this girl take the ACT. Let's see how she does. I bet she doesn't do better than me. Um, Which, by the way, I got a 24 on the ACT. So, like, I bet she could score higher. Oh, my gosh. Joe, that is truly shocking to me because you're very, very smart. Um, 
Thank I got you. the same score twice. I got a 27 <laughs> twice, everybody. This is uh, this is me being uh, hashtag radically honest. Um, <laughs> can you, because... Actually, can you edit that score out? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I might kidding. actually bleep that. <laughs> Joe's like, yeah. actually, you're not going to want to share that like for future posterity. <laughs> please, yeah, please bleep my score when uh, when the podcast is on. I got a. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I honestly, my parents also made me pay for my ACT prep course with my Christmas money. Oh my okay, god! Real hard knock bullshit. Sorry, bullshits. <laughs> my parents are getting or cracking down about me cussing on this podcast. Oh. Um, and so, and, and then when I got the same score, like it was devastating. It's like honestly one of the biggest losses <laughs> to date for me. Oh, sorry. So you um, took the ACT test and then you took a course and then got the same score. Yes, and then oh, I got okay. the same score. <laughs> Yeah. And that was with your your Christmas money. Oh, okay. That was with my Christmas money. Yeah. Okay. It's like that should just have been a part of the braces package, you know? Like, <laughs> you parents, you just you pay for certain things for your kids so that they can be successful. And apparently, you know, I was like Annie, and I couldn't pay for mine, but I had to pay for mine. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, back to Taylor Swift and a true, you know, uh, bootstrap tale of a girl who grew up in Pennsylvania with a stockbroker stockbroking stockbroker stockbroker father oh yeah i think her dad was a stockbroker yeah yeah um and i i yeah yeah she didn't exactly grow up in you know podunk tennessee i don't know if i can say podunk but she didn't grow up in any backcountry i don't believe (laughs) no she grew up in pennsylvania on a christmas tree farm that we hear about later in the single christmas tree farm yeah and in this album you know she's been in nashville for i think like two years but you would think that she had been there for like her whole life based on the accent she used not only on the recording but in award shows and what she's just like so y'all i can't believe it it do you think she picked that up and then just kind of like ran with it um you know i think she moved there so late in life that it's not like oh i just started talking like this but i think she it was learned because for country to be on country radio like some it's just it's become so poppy that i feel like often the only signifier between right. pop and country music is the accent and also the storytelling, which she completely nails. But I think she needed the totally. accent. Yeah. Um, and okay, apparently well, from the album cover, the hair too. Oh, the hair. Okay, let's talk about the album cover. This is Taylor Swift, you know, self-titled album. Um, the hair is really quite curled. It's really quite curled. And the whole aesthetic of the album, I know it was years ago, but still it just feels oh. like they didn't have a ton of money. I don't know. They're, right, right, right. I don't know. Yeah. They paid someone for – they paid a graphic designer for 45 minutes of their time. <laughs> and said, here's an oh, – here's a photo. It's a little bit blurry. Um, and, and just do your best. She likes butterflies. <laughs> it's so true. And they're using like an American tourist lost in Hawaii font. <laughs> like Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like it was like lightly tatted on, like some henna mm-hmm. inspired yes. the font. Um, right. Yeah. And also oh, well, what's so sad is it doesn't really look – like Taylor Swift. And I get she's like 16 no. here, but I think they're trying to make her look like a, a, a beauty queen. And maybe that's what she was going for, which is good right. for her. Right. Yeah. yeah. It was definitely a different look for her. Um, yeah. But, you know, despite her album cover being low grade, sh- the songs knock it out of the park. This is one of my favorite mm-hmm. albums by her. And I really, I didn't realize how many of my truly favorite old Taylor songs are off this album versus fearless until I did this, uh, listening back, you know, researching, uh, moment. So do you want to start with the songs that you love? Okay. Sure. We can kind of go back and forth, whatever. Um, the song that I would say that like two songs I love, or it's really just really one song. I absolutely love from this album is our song. And it was the first Mm -hmm. song I heard 
from Taylor on the radio. And it's just, it's such a classic, like, stories. It's so good. It's actually my ringtone so <laughs> right good. now. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is such a good song. It's it's perfect adolescent storytelling, which is something that I will the theme we will be returning back to. She nails teenage love better than anyone, um, and I will hang my hat on that till the day I croak over and die, um, keel over and and croak. Uh, <laughs> she, our song is so good. The lyrics are juvenile but perfect, and I love it for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's such a cute idea too the idea that like they don't have a song and he's like mm-hmm. yes we do our song is all these like things that make up our relationship like me right the sound of my feet you know sneaking in etc cetera, etc cetera. i don't know if she really writes that the it, one yeah. lyric i don't really get is like True. um okay our song is a slam and screen door sinking out late tapping on your window when we're on the phone and you talk real slow because it's late and your mom i don't know do you talk slow because it's <laughs> like quieter i didn't i or did she say low <laughs> And you talk real low, but it feels like she's saying, and you talk real slow. I think she says, and you talk real slow. Um, I think, let's see, where is it? I'm trying to find it on here. Um, no, that is bonkers. And the way she says it too, and you talk real slow. Um, no, I don't either. And that's weird. Does she say that? She says, yeah, yeah. And he talks real slow because it's late and his mama don't know. No, if anything, if I was trying to have a conversation with someone and my mom did not know, I feel like I would talk fast. Because totally, <laughs> I needed to get totally. it out. Yeah. You get it out and then you you, you close your trap. Anyways, yeah. that's my one um, qualm with those lyrics. But other than that, really good. Okay. My favorite off this album is the song Tim McGraw. Mm. Uh, I love this song. It's for many reasons. I think the first is that it's just it's a beautiful song about a beautiful man that I love. Tim McGraw mm-hmm. is someone Lauren and I really adore, and mm-hmm. it it's it's meta in the sense that it's like it's it's our favorite, it's one of our favorite singers singing about our favorite man, and it's it's really lovely. Um, I also remember watching this music video as an adolescent and feeling very very attracted to the teen talent um, <laughs> featured. Hashtag respect. <laughs> Does that make not at all (laughs) i don't think i've ever seen the music video so i'm very curious what he looks like but it's good he looks like um let's see let me see maybe google um let's see but chan Uh, this song is so good and i think you're so right i love when music references pop culture or or other songs um and i think it was so smart of her to do this for her first song because Mm -hmm. she name checks you know the biggest country star at that time tim right, mcgraw right right and uh, so mm-hmm, i think everyone was like mm-hmm. who is this girl right it's so good um, and also okay. the lyrics I, where she um yeah. the main part of that song is uh he's she sings he said the way my blue eyes shined put those georgia stars to shame that night i said that's a lie but i just like lie. could you imagine <laughs> I mean, could you imagine Ben telling you like, Jen, you're beautiful. The way the way you put those Georgia stars to bed, and you're like, that's a lie. That's <laughs> like a lie. it just sounds so accusatory. That's... I've never like looked at that lyric before. I said that's a lie. <laughs> it's like such a mood killer, frankly. It, is. it honestly kills the whole vibe of the song. Like, oh yeah, and it's only there at the end. It's just at the very end, she like it's like I actually hate you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I said that's a lot. Well, wow. Okay. Wow. That's really good, Joe. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, I have I I guess one other song. Yeah. 
on this album. I love Mary's song. Oh, I just discovered that one like two years ago. It's really good. It's really good. I remember I could only listen to the song on YouTube um, until like a, a bit ago or like when I was growing up, I had to go on to go to YouTube and then I had to do YouTube to MP3 to try and convert it to like a, a track. Like Was it not iPad, available on streaming? No, it wasn't. And I'm like, I think I had like, I, don't, I think I had to like rip all my early Taylor music. Um, sorry, please lime wire people don't, you know, come after me. Um, but I, yeah. And I, anyways, it's a song about, you know, small town uh, people falling in love, being together forever. And I, I do really love the idea of, of being with my high school sweetheart. I didn't really have a high school sweetheart, but I thought that would be a lovely journey for myself um, growing up. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll just like marry this person I met in high school and it'll be like really wonderful. And we'll just always live in this like small Orange County town. That wasn't my reality. Um, <laughs> and I've since had to grieve that dream. <laughs> But I do like this song for those reasons. Well, it's funny <laughs> you say that because, like, high school love, I'm just kind of, like, roll my eyes. But a reason I really like this song, too, is that they were lovers in high school, but they were also mm-hmm. childhood friends, which for some reason that sounds so sweet. And, like, I love the idea of, like, two family friends having kids that mm-hmm. get married because, like, you love right. your in-laws. Both families love each other. And, like, yeah. I wish um, that would be my future. But, no, I already know there's no family friends I can or want to marry. <laughs> Hey, it just so you know, if you're a Peacock family friend, like there's nobody that Joe's interested in, like count it out. It's not happening. <laughs> yeah. And that that was um, at a specific two people. So thank you, Jan. Right. Oh, wow. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, okay. Let's talk about the songs we can leave together. Mm, Le- I okay. Leave behind. So I will um, preface this with I really came to be a major Taylor Swift stan later in her, her album uh, discography. Mm-hmm. So – I have not listened to the entirety of this album. And I say that because I think there are songs on this album that if I haven't heard yet, I don't think God meant for me to hear. And I mean that as a little Uh, bit of shade because there are some songs on here where I've started to play and be like, I don't hear it yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. one that I could do without is um, Tied Together with a Smile. I've never heard of it, but the imagery alone, I don't like that. Like it makes me sound like she's – happy to be tied up or like it's great (laughs) (laughs) uh absolutely i forget that song exists all the time and i think there are the the hits from early taylor and then there's all the other stuff that she just had to basically write just to get her name out there just to you know get her foot in the door and i think yeah so that's definitely one of them um there's also this song called invisible that I would also, I think it's extremely forgettable. Like, I think there are the hits and then there's, you know, everything else from the... What uh, is Invisible about? Is it, is it about her being invisible to a guy she likes? Um, it's Yeah, it's about her feeling invisible in general and, and it, well, every facet of her life. And I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, so, so did every other teen, you know. It just, you know, Taylor has, I think also uh, some of her lyrics in this album are very juvenile, but they still really hit. And then I think with some of these other songs, like they're just juvenile and they just feel like very vanilla. Right. Um, right. And, and they don't really like hit you in the same way. And I think her, her lyrics honestly got so much better throughout her albums. Like, especially after fearless, I feel like starting with speak now and then red, like her storytelling was like out of control. And I think she had more life experiences, but like this album, I think is Taylor Swift and maybe a little bit of fearless. is just filled with like tropes. Yeah. And you know, it makes sense. I think she's like 15 when she wrote this right. album, 16 when it's released, but definitely yeah and i think i'm only me when i'm with you is another example of that but invisible like, that you know, um 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I'm only me when I'm with you. It's like we can just read the sentence. We don't really need the whole song. <laughs> we get the point. Hundred percent. And invisible. It's like, yeah, we saw Mia Thermopolis. Like I just get very Mia Thermopolis. Yes. Uh, somebody sat on me again. Vibes in that. Literally. <laughs> 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 sat on me again. Oh, it's such a good movie. Okay, let's move on to Fearless. Okay, Fearless. So Taylor Swift won the Grammy for this album and several Grammys that year, which mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if she was the youngest person to ever win Grammy of the year, but I mean she was like 18 when that happened, which is just This wild. is like and when she's getting up there and thanking people for her Grammy, she's like full twang. I'm yes. just a country girl, you know, like it's it's crazy to watch. And we can't uh over, you know, say just like how big this album was and I mean it had smashes like Love Story and You Belong With Me, which I personally right. prefer the former. I love story so Ugh. holds up to me. It's so uh, I just I think there's just like both hope and fear of this mm-hmm. being taken away, and you hear all of that, which I think is just like perfect in in a pop song. It's it's a gorgeous song. It, you hear the opening notes and you instantly love it. I think you belong with mm-hmm. me was overplayed. Like I yeah, think you belong with happened. me You're so, so right. much, and I think the music video is stupid. I don't I like agree. the music video. I hate like this girl with glasses trope. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's just, like didn't, it didn't hit me. Um, and so, yeah, I think love story is one of the most amazing, uh, songs off of fearless. I also Which, will by say the that. Way, oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, Chan, for your listeners, we should say when we're talking about the fearless album, we're talking about the album that was re-released this year, Taylor's version. We're not talking right. about stolen version Mm-mm. released circa 2008. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone should realize that the albums we're talking about are Taylor's version. And so and when, when we speak about red, we are, we do realize that Taylor's version has not come out yet. And so, you know, we do that, um, begrudgingly. Sure. And, sure. You know, um, okay. So I will say that the music video for love story is also stunning. It's with, it's in that castle. Do you remember that at all? <laughs> yes. And I'm pretty sure her hair is like six feet high in it. And it's, it's yeah, it's truly medieval. Um, but she's wearing this like beautiful dress. I actually, my old roommate, her sister had a dress made in China. I think that was the exact replica of Taylor Swift's love story dress. Which no, is kind she of did amazing. not. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my gosh. Yes, she did. Too much. Which, yeah, which is really something and kind of amazing. But uh, the love interest in Love Story music video was really hot. He also dated Miley Cyrus. I don't <gasps> know. This is like all oh, part wow. of my weird, um, like just pop culture knowledge from being a teen. But he was like a little bit older and he was really sexy. He dated Miley Cyrus for like a hot second. And then the love interest in uh, uh, You Belong With Me, Lucas Till, I want to say. That he familiar. was on Hannah Montana. I don't know if you remember that at all. Oh, wow. Well, and Miley Cyrus did a duet uh, to 15 with Taylor Swift. That I think was released on music, but they also did it at the Grammys. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um. So I feel like Fearless is when when she wrote that album, she, had, she was starting to date some of like the heavy hitters, or at least in my brain, the heavy hitters, which would be Joe Jonas. And um, what do you is, mean when you say heavy hitters? Because my mind doesn't immediately like she, go to oh, famous. She's starting people. to date other celebrities. Yeah, in my You're head, right. it's You're like right. she's starting to date other famous celebrity men, um, and namely Joe Jonas. So like I, <laughs> who to me is the heaviest of all hitters, uh, and she wrote the song "Forever and Always" about him, which is why it's in my top. I see that it's not in your top. Do you want to? Yes, it's actually. It is one of the two tracks I would throw away. 
I think what? that breakup was really fresh in her mind. And I know it was mm-hmm. the last track she wrote for that album because she said so on that iconic Ellen appearance where she explained to all of America that Joe Jonas broke up with her over the phone in like 14 seconds. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that song just like doesn't do it for me. In fact, I will say in preparing to talk with you, I listened to a couple tracks from the Fearless record while walking and I had to take out my headphones after that song <gasps> just to kind of give myself You're a breath kidding. of fresh air. But uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm glad that it's what do you what do you like about it? I'm you, I mean Taylor obviously I, liked that she did an acoustic version of it too. I think it is. I think there's a large part of this that is just me being obsessed with Joe Jonas. And so <laughs> loving any type of pop culture nod to him or getting to imagine yes. him like or getting details about his life or who he was in a relationship. Um and I think it also like speaks to I this is me really like um psychoanalyzing taylor swift but i think she really 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 liked joe jonas i think that he was maybe a guy that she fell super hard for and then i think to have him break up with her it just like ripped the rug out from underneath her and i i think from my perspective i really loved him as well and i'm like okay i can understand why you fell so hard and i would also feel a similar way if he broke up with me over the phone and so i just we connected on this on this level with this song Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, okay. I could see why you'd have a, a different reading of that song than, than yeah, I did. Yeah, I've got my own bias in the situation. <laughs> and baggage, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see from our doctor Baggage also, and bias. <laughs> yeah, baggage and bias. Your other podcast. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. You're so you're so open. So good. Wait, Joe, are we starting an, an alternate podcast called Bias and Baggage? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I feel like you're getting on canceled it too. very quickly. <laughs> Honestly, so quickly. Bias has like another uh, – we were talking about a different kind of bias, but it has, has a different kind of tone. <laughs> <laughs> Baggage and bias, the After Hours <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Literally, the After Dark version. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I see you also like um, 15, which is yes. a song that I'm surprised I play as often as I do as a 29-year-old man. Um, but it's good. It's just like, and I think it's also it just like lovely. her for writing it too. Um, yes. yeah. I, I actually like listening to that song more as an adult because I think when, when I was younger and I was listening, like, I think I maybe was around the age of 15 when the song was out and I was like, it yeah. kind of was annoying to me. And it was like, Ugh, of course, like people are going to tell me that my love's not real. But now mm-hmm. as an adult, when I listen to it, I'm like, yes, of course, you know. Somebody tells you they love you and you're going to believe them. And then you like, you know, actually have a true I love you moment with somebody who's like when you are a little bit older and you're like, oh, this is way different. This is way more special and meaningful. And, yeah. you know, you just all the naivete of being a teen. Um, it's just it's it's a really wonderful time. And I, I love the way she writes about it. So, yeah, I love I love 15. I do, too. And there's that lyric. Uh, but in your life, you'll do things greater than dating the boy on the football team. But I didn't know it at 15. Like, it's like, oh, so good. So true. Scripture. It's so true. Yeah. I don't, scripture, honestly, um, memorialize it, put it on a stone tablet. Yes. I don't know, <laughs> nail it to a church door. It's important well, also, doctrine, which I'll learn. It totally is. And like, how many 15 year old girls have gotten taken advantage of by an older high school boy? And so I just love that she's yes. giving voice to that. It's just, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and just, you know, of like, maybe it feels a little dumb to recount these lyrics, but whatever. And it's like, it's so true. A friend's help can, what is it like? A friend's help can help you get in this, anything. In this song? 
Yes, like, uh, hold on, like, before I sing it, hold on. <laughs> this, that sounds like a Mr. Rogers song, like, a friend can help you. <laughs> oh, she sings okay, a okay. Abigail who gave everything to a boy. Okay, so I actually was thinking, listening to this, thinking, I'm like, are we outing Abigail as, like, a lot losing her virginity at 15? She like, definitely gave is. everything? I gave mean, everything she had. Absolutely, right? Oh, if yeah, Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind, and we both cried. I don't think they're talking about you know a weekend. No, um, they're yeah. not talking about a makeout. Yeah. No, no, and no. Abigail's um, in the but, video too. We love yes. Abigail. She's in we Miss Americana, which you just watched, which I will get to. Well, I'll just say that. Um, oh, let's well, we'll put a pin in that. Remind me to talk to you about my thoughts on the Abigail Taylor Swift meetup. Um, yes. Okay, it says a friend's help. Uh, hold on. I found time can heal most anything. I swear there's a line that's a friend's <laughs> So, Jan, I think you read, like, I don't know, a mental health awareness ad. <laughs> <laughs> because Taylor Swift is an amazing writer. And I don't know if she would say a friend's But honestly, let's glaze it on a plate. Let's put it on a mug. <laughs> I think I've been listening to the lyric, I've found time can heal most anything, and I've been hearing it I'm crying. Oh, my gosh. And what was the lyric that you thought it was? A friend's help could what? Uh, like a friend's help. A friend's help can heal most anything. I just so love this. It's so vague as a, a friend's help. Like, what did this friend do? Like, not chatting with a friend, but a friend's yeah, help. <laughs> It's literally, it's straight out of chicken soup for the teenage soul. Exactly. <laughs> well, that explains why oh. you're such a good friend. That's beautiful, though. Um, Thank you. Time, okay, well, friendship. Okay. Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? All wounds. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, moving along, I really should have read all these lyrics before um, doing a complete Taylor Swift uh, deep dive, disc- discography deep dive, but uh, mistakes were made. The, the 27 on the ACT is starting to show. Right. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think 27 is a great score. I'd be proud. Oh. No, it was literally – it's one point lower than I think BYU's average or like BYU's – yeah, so that like it, – it didn't make me feel safe. I felt like I was on shaky ground with getting well, it. Well, imagine how I felt applying there with a 24. Right, right. I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine. I was like, I got to knock this essay out of the park. <laughs> Like wow, I like I need to go to Nicaragua, Nicaragua, Peru, like all these places to write this essay. Gonna find some story. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So good. Um, I'm dying at a friend's help. Okay, um, this is what this podcast is. It's a friend's help with Joe Peacock. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes a friend's help is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, let's move on to speak now. Speak now. This- it's an interesting record. Yes. Should we talk about this album cover? <laughs> yeah, she's like playing. Is, I, I, have, I have approximately two thoughts on it. It's that okay. one's in red and one's in purple, and I don't know the difference between the two. Right, a, a different color dress. Okay, is so great question. Your true Taylor Swift fans listening to this will know that she puts out a deluxe edition to each album, or she used right, to. Right, okay, yeah. So that's why, you know, there's a Fearless One stolen version with right. the black background. And there's the mm-hmm. deluxe one has a, a red dress and the normal release one is, is, purple. is a purple. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But what was your second thought? 
No, I was just that there was red and purple. Those are my two. Oh. <laughs> really, nothing crazy. <laughs> no, I mean it's um, yeah. This, is, it's not this a great album look. has a very. She continues with like the princess look, and I she think does. like that's. I was just going to say she's doing like all, Disneyland yeah. cosplay. Yes, yes. I fearless and speak now very princessy, and and I also yeah. want. I need to add that uh, I've seen her in concert for each of these tours, and wow. both of these. Yeah, I feel very privileged to have seen her. And this on this tour, speak during Speak Now, I touched her hand. Which was, <gasps> oh my gosh! Um, shout out to my friend Haley who was there, and we both touched her arm, and it was like an incredible experience. I haven't well, been the same since. Speaking of genuine interest, yeah, how did it compare to your expectations? Like her, how did it feel? Oh, the the best. I mean, my mom, I think, went with me to that one. And then my mom continued to just like my mom wasn't a big Taylor Swift person. But then Mm -hmm. after seeing her in concert, like she it's an incredible show. Like, it's so good. And I actually sorry. I actually have a few annoyances about her concert, mainly that she does this thing where she walks out on stage and she kind of like looks at the audience like she's like so shocked that people are filling these arenas. (laughs) And it's just not it's it's it doesn't work for me it doesn't like make me feel like oh she's so humble it's just like okay it's annoying like you know just just soak it up and i just don't like her like oh, what like this she has this like look of like wonder and like merriment in her eyes it's just like i can't believe people still like me as a pop star and i'm like bitch you're worth like a billion dollars like just like cut, take the check and put a smile on your face don't give me this like you know humble bs that's funny because so that's she does mom. do it at every show, no matter how big yes. or small. And she does pause for an abnormally long time soaking it in. But mm-hmm. it, for some reason, works for me. I believe it. I'm like, I just think she's just surprised. I mean, if you look at those YouTube videos of shows she used to do where it's like in right. front of bleachers and to the side of a barbecue. But You know, you know. you're right. And, and I'm sure she is astounded. But I'm like, you know, after you do like a 50-city tour, like are you really yeah, that yeah. astounded every time? And when your tickets sell out and you, you know, like in 30 seconds, are you really that like, what? I can't believe this. I don't know. I'm not buying it. This is this is where like cringe Taylor Swift comes in. It's true. I mean, there's yeah, yeah. And then, now this uh, album, we should say, she wrote each of the songs on the album, which I think is the first time she did that for every song on the album. And it, 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 yeah, it was to right. prove a point too, because I think there were rumors that like, oh, she's always she always has a co-writer. So is it really her writing these songs? And um, obviously now we know that she's an amazing songwriter, but there, there were questions right, of right. that before. Yeah. Don't but totally. also, Chan, and you know, the, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, this album, like it doesn't have a certified real like standout breakout hit i'm sure some of these songs were number one for a few weeks or whatnot and maybe someone will correct me on that but like compared to her other albums who you know fearless had love story you belong with me taylor swift right, had right. tim mcgraw this one has what mine right <laughs> like, right yeah okay so here are my here are my thoughts about speak now as an album because um i did get a song confused in this and i'm gonna come clean with the audience i did write that all too well was my favorite song off of this and then let's just read the kind words that you wrote you said chan this song is on red do not embarrass yourself you will leave crawling (laughs) (laughs) lamau laugh my ass off um yeah i think you know i imagine you're gonna have some real heart taylor swift fans listening to this and all too well is just like the pinnacle the fountain of youth right it's, it's the book of isaiah and it is so <laughs> cornerstone think, of our taylor swift religion <laughs> yeah to think that miss taylor could have known what she knew when she wrote all too well during the speak now era is a laugh but um right it's a total laugh and i'm and i'm sorry for that that grave mistake i i was i got lost in this google doc um, well i can't i think what we 
what you know my response what we didn't tell the, the listeners is that you wrote all too well was your favorite al- a song off speak now and you wrote all too well in parentheses duh right of course no. duh it was, like this is the, like the easiest thing i've ever done i would um, say just get this album well and blank space <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, speak now. I think I forget about this album because it. Here's the thing: I don't feel like I re- I return to these songs very often. No. Um, and and I don't know if speak now is maybe my least favorite album. It but is mine. It also has some bangers on it. Like, and and the reason why I love these bangers uh, are because is because she talks about her. She's got a song here about John Mayer. She's got a song in here about mm. Taylor Lautner. She's got a mm. song in here about Camilla, whatever Joe Jonas's. Um, you know, fling that he moved on to after her. Which and, one is about Lautner? Uh, Back to December is a, 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 oh. allegedly about Taylor Lautner. So that one is amazing. Dear John, I mean, that song, mm-hmm. like, guts you. It, Dear John is really, really good. So I, I would say that Dear John is probably my favorite off of this one um, when I have the correct album in front of me. But I, I really don't return to this album very often because it's – I don't know why. What What is it about it for you, Joe? This song, and I think she would say too, you know, she's like she's like experimenting with a lot. There's just it's a yeah. busy sound, so maybe during the re-recording, yes. I'll like it more. But it's also very yeah. country in a way that just feels somewhat generic, like songs yeah. like Mine and Sparks Fly. But yeah, Dear John and Back to December, I agree, they're great. Um, they're and more I stripped could, down. They're more, yeah, and I think it could also be like I didn't listen to this when I was in high school, so I found it yeah. retroactively after I was listening to Red in 1989. Yeah. So. Um, but having said that, last kiss, oh, that is Ugh, a great slow jam. And it's oh um I like I, mean, I, I listen to that it's song. Sad. It's so good. You know, just the idea that like you didn't know that this was gonna be your last kiss or that there would be a last kiss. Right. I mean, I listen to that right. like after like people I've had a one night hookup with, like, oh, I didn't know that was gonna be our last time. Like, what did I, I think? Mean, I know I've been there as well, and you just you never know in the end. And so you gotta cherish every moment and you gotta remember that a friend's <laughs> help can heal most anything. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true but uh one standout from this album is a uh, long live yeah. i think it's the last okay. song on here yeah go ahead go ahead oh and she, she brought it back for the reputation stadium tour and right. you can see that in netflix i think it's like the hour 40 mark but she plays a stripped down version on the piano of um long live and new year's day and it long okay. live is a beautiful song okay um, i have a, yeah. the act, ex- exact opposite opinion of long live. <gasps> oh in my okay. opinion do tell the, the song Long Live is a song written for her band members, which I'm like, I don't really care. Write it is? Song. And then, well, it's just like about, well, I don't know. That makes sense. Like, no, that, 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 that can make sense. You know, sense. I, I think it's like about her band and just like about her journey. I'm sure, I'm sure it's about a lot of things, but I always am like, okay, here's this, here's the obligatory song about your band and your backup singers. And I just wish this could have lived in more of like a, a private setting. She was like, oh, I wrote this song. This is for you guys. I'm not going to put it on the album, but just know it's for you. And, you know, I just... I don't like the metaphors about like crashing through kingdom walls. Like that doesn't resonate with me. I'm, I'm grounded in reality. Um, and so I don't actually like long live. So the fact that she brought it back to then play it with next to new year's day, which is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs is, was hard for me. It was personally. offensive. I mean, to your point, yeah. you know, I wrote she, in her lyrics, she has, I had the time of my life fighting dragons with you. Mm-hmm. Like that should not work for me. I don't even like, I turned off game of Thrones in the first <laughs> minute because i saw a dragon and i was like no i'm not doing how to train your dragon for adults and no but this song really works for me but i had never i never knew that it was about her and her band but now i mean it 
completely makes sense. Read the lyrics, Joe. Like, open your eyes. It says, the crowds in the stands went wild. We were the kings and the queens, and they read off our names. Um, the time we stood with our shaking yes. hands. <laughs> I mean, it's it, this isn't obligatory. Like, my label says I got to write a song about my band members. They're feeling like, you know, <laughs> the 50-city tour is really wearing on them. So <laughs> if you could write them a song, it'd be great. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Well, I think I was confused because by verse two, she's like, okay, we did that. And then she goes back to her old tricks and she's like, Talking about homecoming king and queen, how they're you traded your baseball cap for a crown, which is hot. Oh we gosh. don't talk enough about baseball players. Um, I think it's because surfers are so hot and basketball players are so loud. But it's true. Base, yeah, it's baseball players are sitting in the dugout. They come out like hot, 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 hot. That's okay neither here or there, but yeah. Uh, I had a had a I went to a Yankees and Cubs game about a week ago. And okay, I yeah. commented on how baseball players don't really have to like stay in crazy good shape, but mm-hmm. maybe that is like kind of hot because like they're not, you know, they kind of had like the dad bods going for them. I think you're right, and I'm a little bit turned off by a mm, just like you know six pack look or whatever. Like I right. love the they're in shape enough to run around a few pillows around a yard or whatever. Like the bases, <laughs> like that's enough. Pillows in a yard, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. I also think that there's something about a man with chewing tobacco that. Um, I'm sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but I do like that for some reason. I don't know if it's a cowboy thing. I don't know where it comes from, but mm. I've thankfully I've actually never kissed somebody who used chewing tobacco and I don't think I would like it, but in theory, sometimes I dream. That's interesting. I mean, I could not be more grossed out <laughs> by tobacco there. I sat next to a man on a plane, which like, is that even legal? But like he was spitting out tobacco. No. Was this and 1965? It was... <laughs> no, it was like circa 2020 <laughs> or 2019. Cause he wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, but to your point, like seeing a man like kind of choose something is like that, that motion they're making while they're chewing tobacco is hot. But like, right. I kind of wish it was just it's a masculine. Oh yeah, it is. I wish it was more like a wheat tear or something than tobacco. Sure, sure. Like yeah. um a Werther's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um okay, wait, what songs can we leave behind on Speak Now? I listened to it today and I would say Better Than Revenge and Haunted. I just think, you know, for someone okay. who leaves so much gold on the cutting room floor, like when she re-released Fearless, she had all these songs. I'm like, what? These could be and have been hits right. for other people. I don't know how those songs made it on Speak Now. And also yeah. I will say yeah, yeah. I've listened to like half of it. But yeah. No. No, no, no. I like I, I never really listened to Haunted. I couldn't I don't really think I could um I don't think that I could like recall like a melody or anything from it. So I totally agree. Um I also I don't know Innocent at all. There's like these one word um one word album or song titles that are extremely vanilla and like could you could tell me that martina mcbride mcbride wrote yes. a song called innocent and haunted and it was on an album and i'm like yep sounds great totally uh because they're just not memorable uh no that shade to any of our so martina mcbride stands. my mo- my mother um, <laughs> i <laughs> chan real um quick story yeah. i lived ne- i lived in a, a house that shared a fence with our elementary school okay. and so darling it's cute but yeah i was i was at my school in the fourth grade and over the intercom i was reported to the office and they're like hey your mom wants you to come home i thought someone had died i walked home scary and she yeah yeah i walked into the um house and i was like what what happened she's like i am doing a musical performance at our church activity tonight and i cannot find the martina mcbride album i need to practice it i need you to find it yes (laughs) 
So I get on my knees and I'm looking through our drawer of CDs and I find her Evolution by Martina McBride. (laughs) And I go back to school. Oh my gosh, I am picturing your mother in shambles, and this is the most sweet, tender album when you find this this darling album. Oh my gosh. Like the woman could not have opened that drawer, but yeah. No, no, no. no. Oh my gosh. I just love like the flurry of just like, well, let's pull him out of school. Pull him out of school. Call call the school. Send him on home ASAP, you know, get a move on it. They just can't wait. A hundred percent. And it's not like I was the only, you know, um, kid at that school of her. She had three other people she could have called. Um, wait, was your, wait, I also want to know, was your, your parents were Mormon, right? So they were singing, was she singing a Martina McBride song at like a family night or like a devotional? <laughs> I'm glad I'm you asked. I'm glad you asked. My dad was turning 40 and okay. she had reserved the church gym oh, to throw gosh. a surprise birthday party, but oh, she had, fun. in doing so, she had turned it into a, uh, ward congregation potluck and invited the whole right. congregation <sighs> and assigned people to bring food. And she was singing Valent or my Valentine by Martina McBride, oh, uh, my a, gosh. to your point, a real vanilla song. And she had our ward <laughs> pianist play the number for her. I love how your mom was just <laughs> deploying people in the ward to make this party happen. <laughs> I know. Like I'm, I, I would like you're to see receipts. You're on potluck. <laughs> Exactly. And I just wonder, like, I hope she didn't dip into church funds for that. My dad's 40th, but okay. Right. Who's to say? Who's, Who's to, to say? say? You know, it's, Not it's me. all water under the bridge. Uh. <laughs> well, yeah. Also at the same party, she had um, f- my five sisters and I uh, danced to a choreographed song uh, for my dad because our, our family song for whatever reason was No One Else on Earth by Winona Judd. Oh and, uh, my gosh. So we did like a rodeo style dance to that. But everyone was mad. All my sisters were mad at me because I was like, um, I don't even know what the words are. I have I was like out of rhythm or like oh, I was okay, like right. not I was not in sync. Right, right, right. <laughs> is there footage of this that you could unearth? Uh, there is. There is, yeah. I'll send it. Okay, that good. To you. Good. I think the listeners are gonna <laughs> want it. So yeah, if you could send that my way. We'll put that behind your paywall. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be on the Patreon, folks. Okay, seven ninety nine a month. <laughs> Um, thank you, thank you. Leave us a five star review. Oh my gosh, Joe, that is a wonderful story. And now I have a new love for Martina McBride because of your family. Sure. So thank sure. you, thank you. All right, y'all, that was part one of our amazing episode with Joe Peacock, the one and only. Uh, if you want to hear part two, listen on Patreon. We will be going through Red, Reputation, 1989, Folklore, and Evermore. So stay tuned. Listen in and buckle in, baby. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week live every Wednesday. Do you ever worry about running out of interesting things to say to friends when you actually get to see them? Then we've got the perfect podcast for you. I'm Eve Yohalem, and each week on Book Dreams, my co-host Julie Sternberg and I use books to explore fascinating questions, like what happened when a Harvard professor staked her reputation on an alleged gospel of Jesus's wife that turned out to be fake? And how did debut author Tom Lynn save the American Western by blowing it to bits? 
Are pigeons rats with wings or wonder birds? And what's the who, what, when, where, how, and especially why of books bound in human skin? Recent and upcoming Book Dreams highlights include conversations with Booker Prize-winning author Marlon James, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Katherine Schultz, and Merlin scholar Dr. Laura Campbell. You can listen to Book Dreams wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Beerley, and I'm Jennifer Chaikin, and we're licensed marriage and family therapists, owners of The Therapy Group, and hosts of The Shrink Chicks Podcast. Every week we bring you a new episode where we dive into therapeutic topics like inner child work, dating anxiety, family dynamics, relationships, and burnout, making them more relatable and understandable, leaving the psychobabble behind. We address the things you've been dying to ask your therapist but don't know how and work to help you stop shooting all over yourself with the expectations society can put on us. Tune in every Monday to Shrink Chicks on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to follow along and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Prepare to learn all about you, because in order to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. 